1: Everybody, I am not Juliet.
0: And I am not Theo.
1: And this is And this
0: is Apologies Accepted.
1: The podcast. Podcast. It with Welcome two co-hosts. Are perfect synchroniz that word.
0: Synchronization. Synchronization. Show so, uh. off. <laughs> and today, we are talking about Alexi McCammond the um, maybe editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue magazine. But before we get into that, um, Theo, how was your week? Actually, it's two weeks. We didn't record last week, so we're catching up.
1: Yeah. So what happened? So let's see. We've had a little two-week hiatus in the real timeline of our worlds, right? And podcast timeline, this will be seamless because we had a couple of shows in the bank already. Um And you weren't feeling well one record day. And then I got my Moderna shot, shot number two, brag, brag. And uh, it flattened me for Sunday, our recording day, and a little bit into the following Monday. Uh, And so I am fine. I have one more week to go before I can claim full immunity. And then my superpowers will blossom. And I'm going to go outside and lift some cars and lick them. (laughs)
0: <laughs> perfect that's how we should all end our our uh covid oh, lockdown our by cars.
1: yes and how about you how is life treating you in the big fair city of san francisco
0: san francisco pretty good i had planned to go to arizona this weekend but um i had forgotten that my husband needed the car for various reasons including getting his covid second covid shot so i had to postpone that trip for a week and a half which is kind of a bummer but it's good um they're working on my kitchen out there so they may be done by the time i get there now which would be nice it would be nice to have a fully functioning kitchen and i'm totally excited about putting away my pots and pans which is really silly that's sad (laughs)
1: sad life I'm so excited to put new, my pots and pans away
0: I'm totally excited I bought some new pots and pans so I'm going to put them away uh, and uh, the old ones I get to go through them and throw away the crap that my parents bought that they figured you know this is a house that hardly anybody's ever in why should we spend a lot of money on nice things so um, so I need to talk to you actually um, at some point we need to talk about um, I, I need a new bed for the master oh, bedroom oh god so I thought I had done something <laughs> Uh, no Oh, i
1: thought i'd done something and you were like i'll save this for the podcast it'll be good we radio. need to talk theo i have to talk to you
0: no but we have to go over some 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 design um and furniture ideas Yippee! So, yay you're very good yay. at that it's the um, i wish everyone I could love see doing. your house because your house is awesome it's beautiful and and it's just like the the envy of everyone who sees it i'm sure you so, left out the um, word
1: gorgeous it's I'll gorgeous.
0: allow it. Thank you. Okay, I'll allow. <laughs> it is gorgeous. And your puppy is adorable. Even though he's a bit bitey, he's adorable. And he'll grow out of that. So that'll
1: be good. He will. And if he um, doesn't, I've discovered that lots of things happen to puppies. Lots and lots of tragic things <laughs> happen to... I saw a coyote the other morning when I was out for coffee. Nice. And I was going to take Henry for a walk. And then I was like... Yeah. Oh, there's a coyote standing at somebody's yard. Oh, uh, wow. I didn't know that we had coyotes in Austin. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. And then I thought, would not it be a real tragedy if Henry got out of the car right now? <laughs> so there's coyotes, there's falcons. I don't know how you attract a falcon, but I'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, you a falcon, falcon. <laughs>
1: I'll tie a raw steak around Henry's neck. <laughs> Poor puppy. Poor puppy. Aww. He's a sweet He's boy.
0: He's a good dog. Well, more or less. Um, but other than that, I've had a pretty okay couple of weeks. I um, some someone at work was rude to me, and was kind of uh, rude about me to other people behind my back. So they got fired. Ha <laughs> ha.
1: Ooh no. Oh yeah, I have to
0: tell you all about that sometime. I won't tell you on the podcast because everyone won't be interested, but um, but yeah, it was uh Oh it was now everybody's leap.
1: only interested in that. <laughs> I'll tell you well, privately. Le- Nobody else can the
0: know. lesson there is don't be a bitch to me because you'll get fired.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think the lesson there is just at work be professional. <laughs> not don't be me to Juliet. <laughs>
0: I like Don't Be Mean to Juliet better oh, but
1: Fair um, enough I'm sure so, she got what she deserved
0: She totally did Totally did uh, So should we talk about Alexi?
1: Yes let us talk about Alexi McCammon And what is up with this Anti-Asian Racist um, I don't want to call it hate But Sort of just What's up Alexi?
0: What is up, Alexi? So who is Alexi McCammon? She's 27 now, and she is a celebrated journalist. She received the 2019 Emerging Journalist Award from the National Association of Black Journalists, and she was on 2020's Forbes 30 Under 30 list. She was a political reporter for the Washington news site Axios before she accepted a job in March of this year, which is just like last month, for God's sake, as editor-in-chief at Teen Vogue magazine. And what is Teen Vogue? If you don't know, it's an American sister publication to Vogue targeted at teenage girls. And Condé Nast, the publisher, describes it as the young person's guide to saving the world. We aim to educate, enlighten, and empower our audience to create a more inclusive environment, both on and offline, by amplifying the voices of the unheard, telling stories that normally go untold, and providing resources for teens looking to make a tangible impact in their communities. And The Washingtonian describes it as a youth-focused publication which mixes politics with coverage of fashion and culture. Sophie Gilbert, who's a writer for The Atlantic, um, noted that some writers have commented that Teen Vogue is doing a better job of covering important stories than legacy news publications. Uh, Teen Vogue has covered such issues as communism, a guide to anal sex, and criticism of the person who stop, shall not stop,
1: be stop, mentioned. Stop, stop, <laughs> stop, 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 Yeah, I was stop. like Anal Sex one. I think it was
0: called. I totally did not. You did that to see if I'm paying true. attention.
1: No. The, so Teen Vogue. Teen. Teen, Vogue. Teen Vogue, Teen Vogue, Teen
0: Vogue, like the guide Vogue. to anal sex. <laughs> guide to anal sex. I mean, it did not come out without controversy, but there was a guide to anal. What
1: would imagine? <laughs> I mean, I'm shocked, and I'm <laughs> very sex positive, happy. You know, abstinence right. education is nonsense. Uh, right. People are going to have sex. Teenagers are going to have sex. But even I'm shocked but i'm old now too. i'm really flabbergasted. surprised
0: i know i kind of was too i i didn't expect <laughs> it not he in a Bogus delightful
1: fr- way <laughs> was it under that it was it under the category of like how to preserve your virginity anal sex
0: oh my god no sex for mormons no <laughs> <laughs> Oh no.
1: Uh, uh, what's that i hear the gates of hell opening up <laughs> oh, bye, Juliet. It was nice doing you. God, that was on her.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think you're you're tarred by the same brush, um, <laughs> so to speak. I hope that's not racist. God, pray, um,
1: pray. Oh continue. boy, clicker break. <laughs> so
0: it's been a great time. I've enjoyed this podcast. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> um, so uh, all right back to back to Teen Vogue um, teen Vogue's youngest and first black editor-in chief Elaine Welteroff told Nightline in 2018 that when Vogue, Teen Vogue started out it was an aspirational fashion magazine for fashion lovers and over the years we've realized that our mission was really to become more focused on making this an inclusive community that speaks to every kind of young person. So, um, as I mentioned, Alexi McCammon was appointed as editor in chief of Teen Vogue, but unfortunately, uh, soon after that, some racist, bigoted, and homophobic tweets that she had written as a college student showed up. Um, in the tweets, McCammon made derogatory racist comments about Asians, in particular, with one tweet reading, Outdone by Asian, hashtag what's new. And in another tweet, she wrote, Now Googling how not to wake up with swollen Asian eyes. And in a separate tweet, she said, give me a 2 out of 10 on my chem problem, cross out all of my work, and don't explain what I did wrong. Thanks a lot, stupid Asian TA. You're great. And uh, as the New York Times said, the uh, McCammons' past tweets also included some anti-LGBT comments and what they called slurs for gay people, which they didn't really specify what they were, but I think it was the H word. Um, And there were screenshots showing a tweet in which um, Alexi McCammon retweeted a news story about uh, Major League Baseball umpire Dale Scott coming out as gay to say, why is this newsworthy? It's not. And in another tweet, she wrote, ha, 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 that's so gay. You're so gay. Well, a third tweet saw her use an offensive term for gay people. I think that's the H word we just talked about. She also um, got criticism over a picture from 2019, I'm sorry, 2011, when she was 17, showing her dressed in a Native American costume on Halloween. So the tweets were written between 2011 and 2014 and had initially shown up in 2019 while she was still working at Axios, and McCammon had apologized at the time, uh, after which she deleted them and issued a public apology for the comments, and she called them deeply insensitive and said, I am deeply sorry to anyone I offended. I have since deleted those tweets as they do not reflect my views or who I am today. And the tweets that she made were even um, part of the discussion of her, um, part of her hiring process at Condé Nast. So The tweets, as I mentioned, did resurface um, after she had been appointed editor-in-chief. And on March 8th of this year, uh, Teen Vogue staffers, who were very concerned by the tweets, released a public statement saying, In a moment of historically high anti-Asian violence and amid the ongoing struggles of the LGBT community, we as the staff of Teen Vogue fully reject those sentiments. But the staffers didn't ask for her to resign. And McCammon then apologized to the staff, saying, You've seen some offensive, idiotic tweets from when I was a teenager perpetuated harmful and racist stereotypes about asian americans i apologize for them years ago but i want to be clear today i apologize deeply to all of you for the pain this has caused there's no excuse for language like that she even met individually one-on-one with uh teen vogue staff to apologize and talk about moving forward and i understand that internal reaction to that whole thing was was mixed at the teen vogue staff So she then gave a public statement together with the Teen Vogue staff, which ended, We're excited to get to work together, and we can't wait for you to see what we accomplish as a team. She locked her Twitter and then came back and tweeted additional apologies, continuing to state things like, I've apologized for my past racist and homophobic tweets, and will reiterate that there's no excuse for perpetuating those awful stereotypes in any way. Um, In the statement to the Daily Beast, Condé Nast defended her hiring, citing her 2019 apology. A spokesperson for Condé Nast said, Alexi McCammon was appointed editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue because of the values, inclusivity, and depth she has displayed throughout her journalism. Throughout her career, she has dedicated herself to being a champion for marginalized voices. But the issue of racism at Condé Nast itself was raised in several of the criticisms of McCammon. In June 2020, a report about Bon Appetit had been published in Business Insider describing a toxic workplace where people of color were sidelined, paid less, and tokenized. The editor in chief, Adam Rappaport, resigned after a picture showed up with him and his wife dressed up like Puerto Ricans for Halloween. And um, maybe just as bad or worse, his assistant reported being treated like the help, having to do tasks outside her job description, such as cleaning his golf clubs. I mean,
1: I, mean, I don't know how common that sort of thing on. is
0: feeling that that happens a lot in um publishing like in Hollywood but I don't think that makes it okay
1: it doesn't make it okay um things like that do happen a lot but I just I don't know cleaning golf clubs even picking up dry cleaning helping you keep your life on track sure cleaning golf clubs feels a bit extra too
0: much too much one step too far Um, So, Bon Appetit, the Condé Nast publication, published an apology taking some responsibility and promising to do better. Uh, And Anna Wintour was criticized in the New York Times for her role in maintaining a culture of racial imbalance at Vogue and Condé Nast in general. So she um, sent a note to the Vogue staff in June admitting that under her leadership, the magazine had not given enough space to black editors, writers, photographers, designers, and other creators, and acknowledging that it had published images or stories that had been hurtful and intolerant. Uh, journalist Diana Sui, an editor at the website The Infatuation, wrote in a post, Let's talk about Condé Nast HR and this questionable hire for Teen Vogue editor-in-chief. I'm tired of big media organizations pretending to give a damn about diversity and inclusion. And this especially is a slap in the face given what's happened to Asian Americans in the past year. So I have some information about um, anti-Asian hate crimes that have been increasing recently. I don't know if you did any research on that, Theo?
1: Uh so no I did not do anything on the anti-Asian uh statistics other than to note that there's been something like a 300-fold increase in hate crimes targeting the Asian community across uh the America right which can yeah. easily be pinpointed back to the birth of Donald Trump's famous uh nickname for the coronavirus the China virus. Yeah. I don't even like to give it that much air. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that sort of all makes sense there. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, I mean, we're here. So let's hear some of the
0: yeah, I have some information. So a new report from the Center for the Study of Hate and Extremism at Cal State San Bernardino found that Asian, anti-Asian hate crimes increased by nearly 150% in 2020. Um, as we all know, eight people were killed in shootings in Atlanta recently, and a researcher released by Stop AAPI Hate revealed nearly 3,800 incidents were reported over the uh, about a year during the pandemic. Women were... Um, were most targeted at 68% compared to men who made up 29%. On March 30th, Joe Biden announced some additional actions to respond to anti-Asian violence, xenophobia, and bias, including allocating about $50 million for AAPI survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault, establishing a COVID-19 equity task force to address and end xenophobia against Asian Americans, and updating the Department of Justice hate crimes website to make information accessible in several of the most common AAPI languages. And that's the information I have. Um, it, it, I I don't know if anti-Asian hate crimes have increased um, more than other hate crimes. I get the feeling that they have, which is too bad. And I know in San Francisco we've had a swelling up, uh, whatever the word is, of anti-Asian hate a crimes. A
1: huge number of them that have made the news, yeah. And it's not yeah. just people getting called names. It's people being—it's old women being hit with getting bricks. Getting
0: beaten up. I know it's terrible. I've yeah, I was just going to say I've donated money to some of these people, but that's irrelevant. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's just awful and and to think in in our city where so many people are Asian that this is happening, it's just really sad. It's, I mean, I,
1: I, yeah, yeah, it's very sad. It's it it's it, what do you do with it? Right? The fact that yeah. that exists and it just it it gets back to that whole it's racism.
0: People are terrible. Know? That's what it gets back to.
1: It does. But, you know, there's this there's this raw nerve in the country that's bigger than I was aware of, for sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I knew there were racists out there. And I, I knew that there were people—and, and, you know, and, of course, everybody's racist to some degree because we live in a racist society. So you're just born and you were taught these things— um, Indirectly or directly I mean,
0: yeah, we have the luxury of not having to have experienced it from birth So we didn't have any idea how bad it was uh, uh, But a lot of other people knew how bad it was, which is super sad
1: Yeah, Ed, Ed, right, so here we are late to the party Um Yeah, exactly Probably Finding not the best out. expression to use, but okay <laughs> It's not Sorry. much of a party <laughs> It's not a party, everybody I apologize for that Oh God Okay, goodbye <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but um, no, it's it is just awful. And so I was curious about Alexi McCammond and why hate Asians? You know, right? Because she's a woman of color, right? And right. Let's uh, let's take a step back here and look at. Because there's a lot of issues here, right? There's, I mean,
0: when you say, wait a minute, yeah. when you say why hate Asians, are you saying that it's okay to hate some people but oh. not Asians?
1: <laughs> um,
0: of all people, why hate Asians?
1: Well, I mean, I I have an answer for it. I think, right? Okay. Uh, or not an answer, but but I can connect. I can draw a logic tree, and yeah. you could say, oh, that branch touches that trunk. Yes. Got it. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Whether or not that's actually what's happened, a whole other story, right? But can yes. I paint a? Oh my god, my analogies are all over the place. Can <laughs> can I grow a tree that has branches on it that you'll swing from happily and say yes, 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 I can. Yes, I can. All right. You're right. Let's get do ready. It. Um, So let's take a step back and look at what these remarks have cost. Alexi, yeah. Right. So she is still very young. Um, yeah, which twenty-seven. Is, and at twenty-seven, to be tagged as chief editor of Teen Vogue, I know, right? That's huge. Uh, totally. First of all, jobs in in uh, any print anywhere, few and far between. If unless you're doing freelance stuff, right. Um, so to get an actual paycheck working for, as a dedicated, you know, uh, manager of a public, huge, those jobs aren't, aren't everywhere. Um, Condé Nast, huge company, giant. It's a multimedia global, uh, I said multimedia. It's, it's a global media company, right? Yeah. They do magazines like, and I'll just runoff. These are their print magazines, right? So basically consider all these dinosaurs at this stage to still be in print, but um, Allure, Architectural Digest, Bon Appetit, Condé Nast Traveler, GQ, The New Yorker, Vanity Fair, Vogue, Wired, giant publications. You see them everywhere, right? For their digital, there's a bunch I've never heard of before, like Ars Technica,
0: Oh, Ars Technica, sure, sure.
1: I figured you would know it. I was like, I have no idea what that is. Back
0: Channel? It's a technology magazine. Never heard of it.
1: Okay. Uh, I could make some anal sex jokes there, Teen Vogue. With the, but, uh, uh-huh. uh yeah. Epicurious, Don't. Glamour.
0: Oh, yeah, I love Epicurious.
1: Teen Vogue. <laughs> Just Teen Vogue, yeah. <laughs> Teen Vogue, really? <laughs> heard of it? <laughs> Self-love, La Cucina Italiana, right? Oh, and right. for publications that have gone out of print, details, Golf Digest, Gourmet, Mademoiselle, Modern Bride style, Young Miss. YM. Mademoiselle
0: is done, is gone? Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. Huh. Modern um, Bride is gone. Wow. Au revoir. Bye-bye. Goodbye. So <sighs> so Conde Nast is huge. And getting a job at Condé Nast is, as in one of their publications, also huge, right? She would have been the third woman of color, to serve as chief editor. Uh, she was hired to replace a lady named Lindsay Peoples Wagner, who is a woman of color, who is the youngest editor-in-chief of any Condé Nast magazine. Huh. So somebody at Condé Nast is making some efforts to get into the modern world, to make things good. To
0: reach out to the youth. Yeah. Right,
1: exactly. Well, the youth and and marginalized voices, uh, right. Reaching back to the the point that you made earlier, that when we opened the show, um, and so here comes Alexi, and Alexi is young. She has grown up. Um, is she a millennial. I'm gonna.
0: Uh, no yeah, idea.
1: I think she would be a millennial, but. Um, so she's grown up in a digital age, and she understands the power of social media. And she knows that when you say something on Twitter, it's there forever. When you, it just it just is these days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I look forward to the conversation about should it be, but we'll we'll table that. Yeah. Um, and so when she went into the interview process with Teen Vogue and Condé Nast, right? Yes. And met with Anna Wintour. And sorry, you get to meet with Anna Wintour. Yeah. Fucking giant career move here, right? This is the Terrifying. big leagues. Oh, yeah. I would, I. Uh, that's why I. That's why I don't have that job. I would be terrified. <laughs> also, I'm not qualified. <laughs> um, and so she was very transparent about. Hey, when that's... I was 17, I said some things publicly on Twitter that yeah. aren't so great, and I've apologized for them, and and the executive management at Teen Vogue had a conversation during the hiring process about, mm-hmm. is this too much baggage? Can, mm-hmm. But no, right? And they decided to go ahead and hire her. They felt like she's been transparent. She's apologized. That's all okay. We know about it. Fine. Um, uh, here, I've got a piece... Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Sorry, Anna. Ms. Wentworth discussed the tweets with leaders of color at Condé Nast before the job was offered, according to a company executive who spoke on condition of anonymity to discuss a uh, personnel issue. Uh, Ms. McCammond struck Condé Nast's leaders as an impressive candidate, and they felt that her 2019 apology showed that she had learned from her mistakes. Although the company was aware of the racist tweets, they didn't know anything about the gay tweets or the photo from 2011. So, okay, fine. Um, Conde Nast itself have been, um, has dealt with complaints of racism in its workplace, as you had mentioned earlier. Um, and in June, amid the Black Lives Matter protest, uh, Ms. Winter sent out a note to the Vogue staff saying mm-hmm. that she had not given enough space to black editors, writers, photographers, designers, and other creators and acknowledging that it had published images of stories that have been hurtful or intolerant. So, Hey, we fucked up. We're going to do good now. And so this is the year, uh, that was not Alexi McCammon's year for many things that were sort of mm-hmm. beyond her control. So looking at this timeline, um, So again, let's set this stage. Everybody that hired her knew about the tweets. They probably saw them, read them, discussed them, discussed them with people that might be affected by them. And everyone said, everyone being the hiring committee, right? The powers to be. Everybody said, she's our girl. We're cool with it. Right?
0: (laughs) So I wonder that, um, I think Elaine Welteroth was the previous editor-in-chief. Maybe she wasn't, but I wonder that she wasn't part of that hiring committee. I, I don't know how that all went down, but, um, but she said that McCammon's tweets were racist, abhorrent, and indefensible. So she obviously wasn't a part of that discussion. She, she wasn't,
1: and my guess is that she was the person before Lindsey Wagner Peoples. Oh, okay.
0: Right? okay. Who,
1: who was the yeah. person that... Um, it was the editor who went on to a really great job, and i, I forget where she went. I might have it in my notes, and so maybe I'll trip over it later. Uh, but she went on okay. to a really great job, as you cool. would as editor in chief of a for real Condinost publication, right? The, totally. You, I was going to say you only go up, but you could. I mean, go where down. do you go
0: really? I mean, there's not too much you can do. After you go that. somewhere
1: great. Yeah. Right.
0: Start your own. Publication, yeah. maybe, but yeah.
1: So, so Teen Vogue, shifting audience, their readership was down. They, um, decided to move. It was more cost-effective to not print the magazine. It'd be digital only, right? And also mm-hmm. the idea that young people, air quotes around that, they don't like print. It gets on your fingers. Ooh, Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So keep it on an iPad. Awesome. Um... So let's see. In 2020, in February 12th, she uh, was having a relationship with T.J. Ducklow, who was the White House press secretary for the new Biden administration. And their relationship was secret. And T.J. threatened a female uh, Politico reporter Who was going to break the story that uh, the White House deputy press secretary was dating a member of the press, which is a newsworthy story and something that the media should know, right? Yeah. and I don't know what he said, but he made derogatory and misogynistic uh, comments towards the f- uh, female reporter during a phone call and accused her of being jealous of his relationship with McCammond. So not a good look here. That's not her fault. That's him. Um, the couple went public with a relationship on February 8th. And on February 12th, Tucklow was suspended without pay. And then basically he resigned. Uh, which, you know, yeah, that's kind of what you needed to do, TJ. All right, so that's February of 2020. On March 7th of 2020, as she's having these conversations with Teen Vogue and getting ready for this ultra prime job, right? Um, on March 7th, her tweets were exposed on Instagram by somebody named Chupsteret, who has, <laughs> by, I'm, maybe it's Choops. Tarette i don't <laughs> I something don't know. c Hupsterette? i don't know I've tried it now I'm like oh my god am i saying something stupid of course i am um but so Chupsterette has 14 thousand followers and is a editorial director for infatuation she was formerly a fashion editor at the cut and New York magazine or NY mag. Right. And so my guess is that she has some followers at Teen Vogue, given her fashion editorial background. So Mm -hmm. March 7th, these tweets get exposed on Instagram. On March 8th, Teen Vogue staff sends out a public letter. Uh, which reads, As more than 20 members of the staff of Teen Vogue, we've built our outlet's reputation as a voice for justice and change. We take immense pride in our work and in creating an inclusive environment. That's why we have written a letter to management at Conde Nast about the recent hire of Alexi McCammon as our new editor-in-chief in in light of her past racist and homophobic tweets. Uh, We've heard the concerns of our readers, and we stand with you. In a moment of historically high anti-Asian violence and amid an ongoing struggles of the LGBTQ community, we as a staff of Teen Vogue fully reject those sentiments. Um, it goes on for a little bit more, but basically they're not happy. On March 10th, Alexi issues a written apology to Teen Vogue staff. To our mm-hmm. Teen Vogue community staff, readers, writers, photographers, content creators, and friends... Um, What an awful introduction we've had to each other this week. I'm Alexi McCammon, the incoming EIC of Teen Vogue, and this is only the beginning of our journey together. Uh, I'm going to skip over a couple of things, but this has been one of the hardest weeks of my life, in a large part because of the intense pain I know my words and my announcement have caused so many of you. As I've been having a number of conversations internally with the staff and others outside of Condé Nast, I've also been watching, reading, and listening to so many of your concerns that you've raised. I've apologized for my past racist and homophobic tweets and will reiterate that there's no excuse for perpetuating those awful stereotypes in any way. Um, it's a, it's a, I'm going to say long, it's a one-page uh, explanation slash apology. It's well mm-hmm. written, as you might imagine. Um, I've dedicated my career to giving a voice to the voiceless. Your lived experiences aren't always given the platform and attention they deserve. And I'm grateful that you've looked to Teen Vogue throughout the years as a safe space to share uh, that with the world. We are better for it. And I know we are only scratching the surface. Um, so... There she goes. And then uh, this was obviously drawn from the same piece that you read because, while well, it's long. It does end with To Better Days Ahead, of which I know there are many. So fair enough. Yeah. She's reached out and addressed their concerns. On March 11th, so this is three days after the staff sends out their we don't like that you've hired this woman. Uh, there was advertiser pushback from Ulta and Burt's Bees saying they would suspend advertising. Um Ulta said, diversity and inclusion have always been core values at Ulta Beauty. We stand against racism in all forms, as we've publicly shared in our social channels a little bit more. And, you know, this isn't cool. So, Ulta had its own problems with racism. It was accused of racial profiling of customers and stores and received a criticism for a lack of diversity in the brands that it carries. The company recently Mm -hmm. hired actor and fashion icon, Tracy Ellis Ross as a diversity inclusion advisor and has started to implement a broader initiative on those fronts. Um, And it seems like they're, let's see. Those steps include a promise to double the number of black owned brands available on their shelves and a $20 million campaign to reach out to customers of color. Okay, so that's March and that's March 11th. The advertisers pull out, right? Um, and March 16th, we have the shootings in Atlanta. Mm. And so the scrutiny of her tweets has come at a time of heightened concern about violence and harassment directed against Asian Americans on Wednesday, uh, March 16th week, after eight people were killed in shootings in Atlanta, including six women of Asian descent, Condé chief executive, Roger Lynch, sent a memo to the company's staff that said one in 10 of its employees identified as Asian. And on March 18th, she resigns. Um, yeah. Her resignation letter states, I became a journalist to help lift up the stories and voices of our most vulnerable communities as a young woman of color. That's part of the reason I was so excited to lead Teen Vogue team in its next chapter. Um, Sorry, she said to lead the Teen Vogue team, and my eyes totally just skip past that. Um, She knows how to write. Uh, My past tweets have overshadowed the work I've done to highlight blah, blah, blah. And so I'm going to step down because I've become too big an issue and I'm getting in the way, basically. And in a memo to its U.S. employees that day, Conde head of HR, Stan Duncan, said that McCammon was straightforward and transparent about these posts during our interview process and through public apologies years ago. But after meeting with her Mm -hmm. March 18th, he agreed that it was best to part ways so as not to overshadow the important work of what was happening at Teen Vogue. And the thing that sucks is Teen Vogue is trying to reinvent itself. It's going from bubblegum chewing and dresses to what are politics. And Alexi McCammond is a political reporter. She would have been Mm -hmm. great for moving the magazine into a new, more serious direction. And as a young- Well, you know, what's
0: interesting though, and um, someone wrote about this in Slate magazine uh, that Allegra Frank is her name, wrote that she was concerned about Alexi McCammon's suitability for the role and she was worried that McCammon had been set up to fail because she had no experience as an editor or a manager or in fashion. Like, she's really good on the politics end, but the other, I don't know, half or whatever of her job um, I mean, I can't even imagine trying to be an editor-in-chief if you've never been an editor before or a manager.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I can't speak to that. Um, I would say if she she was working at Axios, I know. Um, she's probably yep. done some freelance stuff. Um, you work with a lot of editors, a lot of different types of editors when you work freelance. Um, so she might have kind of learned a little bit. I'm not saying that made her qualified, (laughs) right? But she had some experience with editors. Um, I agree with that. I mean, on one hand, I'm going to say it's easy enough. Clearly Teen Vogue was hiring her for her political expertise, right? Um, yes, you hire staff and you delegate, make those dresses look prettier,
0: Right. <laughs> I'm sure that's all there is to it. <laughs> I mean, it can't be hard. Oh my God, so, like the letters we're going to get from the fashion industry.
1: Oh, they can't write. Um, <laughs> anyway, so so I was I, so I was struck with this news story, right, for a couple of reasons. One of them is uh, we have a woman of color being racist, and it's not saying that oh, people of color can't be racist because you know. Uh, gay people are racist. Um, sure. uh, I've met people of color who said racist things, sure, about other groups, yeah. right? Uh, every group has an other. But, I, but it, so here's my logic tree that, I w- that I'm going to share with you. Right. OK. OK. So this is what I'm thinking. Alexi, why Asians, right? It's because Asians are the good immigrant, They're the ones who are seen in stereotypical ways as being smarter, harder working than everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And when you're a member of a marginalized community, it's easy to feel angry, I guess is a word, at at those other people who are getting by, right, Who who are receiving approval. Um, and so that's why I think it was Asians. Um, here's a marginalized community that seems to be considered awesome and great, but why not my community and why not me?
0: Yeah, makes sense. Yeah.
1: So uh, I was particularly struck with the uh, with the tweet about the stupid Asian TA. Right, It's like, okay, well, a TA is a higher position than a student. Uh, this is a chemistry class. And so chemistry is one of the more inexact sciences out there. Now, it's one of
0: the harder. <laughs> like what? What? <laughs> what the-
1: <laughs> it's one of the harder, hard <sighs> sciences out there. Um, and so you already have this stereotype being set up where it's, Oh, it's an Asian person. They're smart in a hard class chemistry. That's smart, right? And they're grading me. They're in a position of authority over me. So I think I've over-explained that. Um, but I think uh, I think there's some there there. I think that could actually be why Asians for Alexi.
0: So let's talk about the apology. Um, I think the apology itself was... Adequate, but sort of excessive. Um, From a writer and a potential editor-in-chief, I would expect a more organized, succinct apology. Uh, I I honestly don't think there's ever a need to apologize more than once or twice. And I lost count of how many times she apologized. So I found that a little bit annoying. Um, I guess I understand she probably wanted to be liked and wanted to keep the job, so um, was anxious about it. And that drove her to apologize multiple times. But I would advise people... In general, to just apologize once and do it well and be done with it. Move on.
1: Well, but th- then don't you enter a situation where you you end up saying, Oh, I've already apologized for that. Please reference March 7th, 2019. It was my
0: apology. <laughs> it's
1: available online. As I said in my
0: previous apology, <laughs> right. I've posted it on Instagram. It's
1: pinned to tweet. I, know.
0: I suppose if you're doing a lot of interviews, maybe. You have to do that. But I don't think that her apologies were in the context of interviews. I think they were just like tweets that she made for whatever reason. And uh, I don't know. I, I just think she should be strong and do a good apology and then say, you know, I've, I've, I've addressed that already. Let's talk about the future or some bullshit. Um, and as far as her being racist and she was, so she was basically fired or her job was, was her job offer was rescinded because she was racist, um, while she's a black woman, it doesn't mean she can't be racist. So is she racist now? We don't know if she was racist. Was she in the past? She seems to have been racist in the past. So that makes her a not ideal candidate for a publishing company that's already struggling with the image of racism.
1: Agreed. However, even knowing all of that, Condé Nast still said, awesome, you.
0: But they have a problem with racist racism themselves. So doesn't that mean that you know maybe they're not doing? So you're as well? saying
1: it's racist hiring racist. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. It could be. It could be. I don't know. Um, Let's say it is, so that we well, can her get comments- sued. Yeah, right. So she made her comments while she was a teenager, but that really wasn't that long ago for her. And she was also hired as editor in chief of Teen Vogue. So does that imply that her comments are acceptable for teenagers to make? Um, I don't
1: know, but I think there are teenagers who are not racist. Well, I mean, okay. So, right. um, Sure. There are teenagers who aren't racist. There are teenagers who are racist, but teenagers try on different personas as they're yes. developing um, and yes. they don't have full understanding of life and consequences and, and things like that. That's right? very true. So I I think that there's a larger, and of course, it's, this isn't me making up the rules of life. This is reflected in, mm-hmm. in life, in our court system. We have juvenile court, right? So if a 17-year-old yeah, yeah. kills somebody, Well, then they go to JV or whatever, right? But if an 18-year-old kills somebody, then magically you're an adult and you're going to go to jail. Um, And then there are special, I get, you know, there's different circumstances and some 17-year-olds. Some 9-year-olds are tried as adults. Um, I don't know if a 9-year-old's ever been tried as an adult, but, like, I've seen things where, like, where somebody who was uh, very young was tried as an adult. Um, And I'm always like, Okay, I don't know. Um, so, I would say I'm willing to give all that a pass, right? Um, you said you. you said this when you were 17 years old. You're now 27. Fine, right? I think you. I think. Those ten years are significant difference. It's far, you know. It's like the difference between an eight year old and a twelve year old. There's only four years difference, but they are massively different people. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's true. So from seventeen to twenty-seven. That's true, but
0: meh. but that doesn't necessarily mean it should be she should be hired as an editor in chief
1: of Teen Vogue. Agreed. I think I think there's a little more growth required stringency there. yeah um but then i don't know because now I'm, I'm making judgments about somebody which why has that ever stopped me before um <laughs> somebody that i don't know personally and so i don't know that that she is a racist but i agree that it's a bad look and i never stop to think that yeah you're right this is uh people who've had their own issues with being racist or not sensitive to marginalized communities, deciding, yeah, okay, we've all talked amongst ourselves and we've checked with some other people of color and everyone's okay with it. So, I mean, you know, saying all that, I wonder if the Atlanta shootings hadn't happened, if Anna Wintour would have just been like, listen, everyone, you're going to deal with it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, clearly that was uh, the last straw, so to speak, in, in that in the broke the camel's back or whatever the saying is uh, in the whole thing. It was unfortunate timing for everybody. Um, unfortunate period. But, um, yeah, so I don't think that— um, I think that her apology was a good apology, but I don't think that she is the right person for the role.
1: Ah, well, okay, and I'm I'm going to agree— Given your points about her complete lack of editorial experience, that was, just didn't right. even cross my radar. It's like, because if somebody came up to me and they were like, "Listen, chief editor, of New York Times," I would not say, <laughs> "Oh my God, I don't know how to do it. I'd be, when do I start?"
0: <laughs> this isn't hard. <laughs> Listen, I'd be like, "Hell no!" Bell correctly. I said, "You're setting me up to fail."
1: So, just pay me. Yeah. Pay me, pay me, pay me. <laughs> um okay, but so with the, with this Alexis Alex sorry, with this Alexi McCammon, um it did get me thinking about okay, when you say things online and you're a teenager or a young adult, even, right? And they just they're there forever. Is that fair? Because Honestly, we've joked many times, but it is quite true. I would be living under a rock right now if things that I had said in the schoolyard were plastered all over the Internet. I don't.
0: Yeah, I think we've all done embarrassing and even terrible things. For as sure. Teenagers.
1: I, I mean, I can't think of anything that I've done that's as bad as what Alexi McCamp. No, I'm totally kidding. That is <laughs> her. Oh, I can think of a few. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, we lost Juliet. Oh no, that's sad. Uh, Funny. But it did get me um, down this path of um, forgiveness, forgive and forget, right? And so I want to refer to an article um, that appeared in The Atlantic by Graham Wood, who is an Asian American writer, entitled America Has Lost Its Ability to Forgive. And read his. last two short paragraphs, right? So it's a one-page piece where he talks about Alexi McCammon and what she said in the tweets and all that, and then his take on it, right? And so reading as Graham would, my own half-swollen eyes widened at this news. McCammon's tweets are a kind of denigration familiar to Asian Americans, an expression less of hatred than of social difference. If you regard Asian people as a distinct social type, never conceivably overlapping with your own circles, ineligible for for friendship or romance or conversation, you might think that you can ridicule them and never suffer any consequences. Then the bombs go off and instead of standing amid mock-ups for your summer style package, you're standing amid the ruins of your career. A world in which McCammon apologizes for her old tweets is better than one in which she sees nothing wrong with them. Possibly worse is one in which the highest aspiration of racial pride is to slam the doors of repentance permanently in the faces of your enemies. So,
0: That's interesting. Yeah, it is. But I, I don't entirely agree.
1: So as a Asian American, where do you differ?
0: good point yeah i shouldn't i shouldn't speak for anyone um for myself a white woman of middle age um i think that (laughs) would you like a manager yeah totally (laughs) i'd like to speak to the manager of teen vogue um i like i said i mean we've all done things as as teenagers and young people that we justifiably regret and we hopefully would never do as adults but i think that means that maybe we shouldn't be hired as editor-in-chief of teen vogue
1: only Teen Vogue? Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or anything. I mean, especially a magazine that's trying to overcome racism, that's trying to be a more progressive and, and inclusive publication. Right. It, it really, it, like you said, it's, it's not a good look. It's, I,
1: it's I, I
0: don't think, I think it's okay to forgive Alexi for the things that she said, but it doesn't necessarily mean we have to hire her as editor in chief of this publication.
1: Exactly. Maybe what they could do would be, um, well, I mean, there wouldn't be a. Maybe there will be a position at Condé Nast that's not. a, yeah. Maybe some of her articles can appear in some of the. Yeah, I mean, she's a journalist. I mean, she
0: could work her way up to editor in chief yes. one day, maybe. Right. Yeah, but it shouldn't just necessarily be offered to her now. Eh.
1: Well, we'll say. Maybe
0: I'm wrong. I mean, you know, I'd like to hear from some other people. Uh, if anyone is listening, write in and let us know how they how they feel about
1: the subject, because I'm curious. I would love to know what uh, what other people think about this because it it is a shame that she lost this opportunity. Had it gone well, she would have had an amazing career in publishing, right?
0: Or she might have flamed out on her own. But then she know. would have quietly
1: just disappeared and then walked around saying, "Yeah, I was editor in chief. I of, was editor
0: in chief." But of you know, yeah. I, I got
1: really tired of those bitches, and so fuck them. <laughs> But I really want to come work for yeah. TV Guide now because I love TV. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love TV Guide. Yeah. All right. So, do you have an apology this week? I'm totally curious. Yeah, I do. Who's
1: sorry now? So. Um, Who's sorry now? Yes, yeah, so this one was easy for me because it was like, oh, all right, we're do we're doing a an apology around uh, racism towards Asians. So. Uh-oh. yes, Yes. Ready?
0: Okay, <laughs> yeah. so when
1: I had my uh, public relations job with the city of Los Angeles, uh, Chinatown fell within my district purview, right? Yeah. And yeah. So I worked with a, with a couple of business owners in Chinatown who were like, hey, how can we increase tourism? Hey, what can we do X, Y, and Z? Um, and I love Chinatown. Absolutely love LA's Chinatown. It's not San Francisco's Chinatown, but but I love it. It's got a really amazing, rich history. And uh, one of my contacts there, um, who I who is still there, so we're, so I won't reference uh, the business he owned or his name. Right. Um, right. Let's call him. Let's not call him anything. There we go. Okay. That's safest and Saver. safer. So anyway, uh, so my contact, uh, super nice guy, um, gave me a lot of information to, over the years about the history of Chinatown and the families that had established Chinatown and how their descendants still served as kind of the unofficial governing board for Chinatown. Mm. So mm. If you want to open a business in Chinatown. You are going to make sure that you connect with a member of the families, and then they will discuss amongst themselves whether or not your business is going to take root there. It doesn't matter if you have a business permit or you bought the building, right? Because the the community will shut you out. Well, your words, not mine.
0: (laughs) That was anti-Italian.
1: Oh, that's fine. You're allowed to be anti-Italian now. They don't care. It's like being anti-Irish. Who cares? Um, I mean, other than people in Ireland. So, hi, Ireland. We do love you. Um, okay. So, anyway. So, call me every... Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Bleep. Bleep that out. Yes. Oops. So, my contact would call me every now and then. he would be like, hey, Theo, come on over this afternoon. I'm having a blah, blah tea uh, ceremony thing, right. Which did happen and it was amazing. And I was uh-huh. really happy to be invited and, um, mm-hmm. other times, other things too. And for, you know, for a short while I was like, if I didn't know this guy was straight, I would think he was setting me up to like ask me out or something cuz I'm getting a lot yeah. of like special invitations to go do stuff. And he had a breakfast club that met at 7:30 every Saturday morning uh in downtown mm-hmm. LA, and he invited me to come join that. It was a group of business entrepreneurs who got together and talked mm-hmm. about business and ways they could work together and blah 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 blah. And I never wanted to cuz it was 7:30 in the morning on a Saturday. No, thank you. Also, yeah. I'm off. Right. And so uh one day we were talking and he's been pushing this business thing on me for a while. And I was always like very nicely dodging it. And then sure. he said something like, well, I think it would be really good for your career, Theo, if if you came to this. And I said, well, um, okay, how? Why? <laughs> right? And yeah. he said, well, because we're a community and, and we support each other. And I said, that's right. wonderful. And he said, what? are you Chinese? And I was like, no. And he said, I thought you were Hapa all these years. Wow. All of those years, three to five years. Right. He thought that I was half Asian.
0: Right. And
1: that's why he was so interested because I had a position that was helpful oh. to him in his business. So right. he was interested in he was going to helping be to me, you. right? And then the more helpful he is to me, the more helpful I will be to him. Blah, 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 right. blah, blah. Right? How interesting. And so I was like, no, no, I'm I'm not. And he said, Oh, okay. And I never got another invitation to another thing again. Wow. But he was still super nice to me all the time, uh, whenever I ran into him. So
0: how's that an apology?
1: I'm sorry that I'm not half Chinese. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you didn't lead him on or anything. You no, never said. I had zero idea. Chinese it's and...
1: not even like I'm not one of those yeah. people that's all like, let me pretend I know everything about yeah. about whatever the subject matter. Well, I am a little bit of that person. How funny. But I mean, you know, I, maybe I don't know. I, I mean, yes, I, wow. I do have. I, I have had people ask me, you know, what my ethnicity is, was, etc., and I do uh-huh. have. A little bit of Finnish blood in me or the blood of Finland. Sure, sure. So I kind yeah, of yeah. see some of it. I mean, I w- it wasn't like, that's crazy. I've never heard that before. Maybe I've heard it three times before in my life. Okay. So, there you go. Wait, right. What's the apology? I'm um, uh, I'm not going to say that he owes me one because I didn't want to go to the breakfast meeting. Right, but maybe you kind of owes imagine me more.
0: how awkward it would have been if you had gone to the breakfast meeting and, <laughs> and then some like old had Asian had man had...
1: stands up and points at me and goes, "He's Howie. He's
0: white." <laughs> Yikes!
1: Geishin, which is Japanese, but you know, it's the only yeah. word I know for dirty foreigner. Yeah. So maybe. yeah, so yeah. that's my that's my very fascinating story. What about you? Where's
0: Well, I have an apology that's kind of related only in that um, when I was a junior in high school, I was a copy editor. So that kind of ties into the whole editor-in-chief thing of the yearbook um, at the high school that we went to. Oh, my God, you giant Um, nerd. I know, and my apology is to the cheerleaders at the high school who were, I'm told, very talented and successful at cheerleading, and who may have won awards, but I have no idea, because I took out my high school angst on them by refusing to interview any of them for the yearbook and instead writing vague stupid copy about them, like the blank high school cheerleaders were thrilled to cheer the sports teams onto victory and support them in failure, and this actually made it into the yearbook, and really upset the cheerleaders. Wow. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry, cheerleaders. I'll never do it again.
1: <laughs> You're right. You'll never do it again. <laughs> 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 you'll never be editor, assistant editor. What was it again? Copy, Copy editor. Copy editor. How did I not remember that or know that? I don't know. I mean, know. Your, your book wasn't I my yearbook, so. um, yeah, It was. No, because I graduated a year behind you.
0: Oh, well, but we had the same yearbook.
1: Yeah, hey, I mean, same school.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so I, I did not um, copy edit the next year because I chose not to. I I quit like after a couple of weeks because there was a stupid thing where you had to sell ads. And I did not want to go around to the businesses anymore trying to sell ads. Oh, my so God. What a that. horrible. It was awful.
1: Yeah. I mean, I yeah. get it because, you know, people, kids that right. sign up for that dream about getting it a newspaper or you know, right. Websites or TV or whatever, and so really, any job in any of the creative arts is always about finding money. It doesn't matter right, if you're exactly. selling ads or writing requests for grants and giving proposals for funding. Uh, you spend your whole life asking for money. And I hope you like I'm the glad word "no." Take that career route.
0: Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> terrible so that, that's that's my apology uh, i am sorry
1: well i give that apology a solid eight
0: thank you that's very
1: yeah only, <laughs> only for the only for the round the corner snark in it like i'm sorry cheerleaders <laughs> i'm sorry I'm such a bigger pom-poms. high school student
0: yeah, that's exactly, exactly how I felt at the time, which is unfair. I mean, cheerleaders are athletes, and they really deserve better oh, than please. I gave Oh please, there aren't any but...
1: cheerleaders listening to us. They don't know how to use uh, podcasts, so Anything. say what you want. <laughs> They're too busy cheering. All right.
0: So, what else do we have this week? Is An that apology it? to are cheerleaders because
1: have... I'm sorry. I said something. Apology
0: shitty. to cheerleaders. We're sorry, cheerleaders. We'll never do it again.
1: Our new enemies.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. No, I would say that's uh that that is everything. that's um, a wrap? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone and have a great Ciao. day.